0: So I just texted my roommate to tell her that we're recording the podcast in my room. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say, so when you come home, if you could avoid making loud noises, that would be awesome. But I accidentally spelled noises a little wrong, I guess. And uh, iPhone autocorrected it to kisses. <laughs> so I texted my roommate, when you come home, if you could avoid making loud kisses, it would be awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Exactly. Common. You are a fearless leader. your fearless host. And today I have a very special guest in this stew with me, my friend Kate Peach. Kate, welcome to Pilot Riot. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. We are so glad to have you here tonight. Um, Kate is a friend of mine. Kate is dating my old college roommate, Gail. Are we, are we allowed to call her out on the radio? <laughs> yeah, of okay, course. Okay, good. I okay, told good. her. We're doing it. She also, actually, she understands what it's like to be famous from a podcast. She's oh, part yeah. of the podcast world, so... She needs to be out loud and proud about that.
1: Hashtag famous. Hashtag famous. <laughs> Gail had a Twilight
0: <laughs> podcast when she was in high school, and it was actually very successful. And like MTV sent them to like, what is it, four forks? forks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So shout out to Gail. There was a prom involved. There, there was, was a the prom. Twilight I remember prom. this. I remember. I remember watching like some videos about it when I knew that Ga- when I learned that Gail was going to be my roommate, uh, and you know, when I was. 18 years old and young and fresh and knew nothing about life or podcasts. And she knew it all. Yeah, she did. She was already a seasoned professional. (laughs) She was already a professional.
1: She was a seasoned
0: professional in both realms. She doesn't let it get to her head, though, which is good. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. So, Kate, tell us about yourself. What is your deal? What are your hopes and dreams and goals? What is your deepest, darkest secret? Mm. Um... What did you have for breakfast this morning?
1: Oh, I had an apple for breakfast. Oh, that's good. Um, I like long walks on the beach. Yeah, do you and though? Do I you sh- actually? No. <laughs> I love the ocean, but not long walks.
0: Yeah. Period. <laughs> Just in general.
1: Um, You know, I like the outdoors, but I also love me some TV. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. What are some of your favorite shows? Anything reality show.
0: Oh, love a reality show.
1: Love. Just watched all three of the Vanderpump... Uh, Oh,
0: they were good. So
1: much drama. So So much drama.
0: The image of Sheena putting makeup on while her soon-to-be ex-husband explains how he never listened to her was really something special to behold.
1: And you gotta love Andy for calling her
0: out and saying, "I love Andy in general." I think that Andy Cohen is the most powerful man in show business, Mm -hmm. and I think he's a genius. Andy. I kiss his feet. Andy, come on the podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if Andy Cohen came on this podcast, I mean, I would just fall over dead. We don't have to worry about it because it'll never happen. So at all things reality, what about scripted? Any, do you like any good scripted shows out there? I
1: do. I am a fan of Big Little Lies. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Uh, just a lot of interesting interactions between people. That's mm-hmm. what I'm really I'm drawn to that in okay. a show either reality or scripted.
0: Mm -hmm. Just all the interactions with the characters. Definitely. So you are... You know, it's interesting. Some people are driven by different things in shows. Some people are more driven by character. Some people are more driven by plot. You are a character girl. Good to know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes
1: I rewind it just to see the different body language and interactions between the
0: characters. Oh, that is some deep cuts.
1: Yes. Yes. I like to just dive right in and investigate the human psyche. I love
0: it. We love that here on Pilot Riot. Great. So tonight's wine is a Kendall Jackson Chardonnay that was on sale at ralph's cheers mm. another sip
1: delicious
0: i feel like all of our wine the basically the, if pilot right had a mascot it would be a sale of a bottle of wine that was on sale at ralph's or pavilions
1: yes yeah, making like the ruPaul hands just
0: speaking of can't. ruPaul oh. we saw him in our, one of our shows
1: <sighs> ruPaul i live for
0: ruPaul i know i saw him when i was there and i was like Wait, that didn't make sense. I saw him on my screen when I was watching. and I was shocked and amazed and delighted. RuPaul, come on the podcast. Seriously, this is Kate's <laughs> bid to just get every celebrity possible on this podcast. <laughs> Let's do
1: it. Let's get him.
0: Um, so Kate came over tonight. So the first time Kate came over to my apartment, um, my little dog, Leo, wouldn't give her the time of day because he loves men. And it was my birthday party and there were some guys there. And they Leo was just obsessed with them and wouldn't even look at her. And Kate was very disappointed. But tonight, Leo gave her a lot of lovin'. So much lovin'. So many... And I need love, too. We all so need love. No one needs it more than Leo. <laughs> and he would he will let you know in a minute.
1: I get it. I get it, Leo. You know?
0: He rolls over to get belly rubs, literally, to any stranger on the street. I do that, too. <laughs> so you can relate to Leo in that way.
1: Yeah. Not as, as warm of a reception for
0: me. <laughs> so, Kate, this week we watched three shows. Yes. We watched Bill Nye Saves the World on Netflix, Girl Boss on Netflix, and The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. Mm-hmm. All big pilots. Well, maybe Bill Nye wasn't as much, but Girl Boss and Handmaid's Tale, two highly anticipated pilots. Yes. Three shows that came out on streaming services. So that's kind of interesting to note. Um, so, first, we're going to talk about Bill Nye Saves the World. Bill, 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 Bill Nye, the, the science guy. guy. Um, before we get started I want to share my favorite Bill Nye the Science Guy quote which was uh, Kate you know and I are the same or wait how actually old are you? girl wait wait <laughs> I never, no no no, no never older mind. Okay, <laughs> the, okay that's right you're <laughs> older than, than you. me I think <laughs> of you as being my age um, yeah also. no I would never ask a lady to reveal her age Um, but we're of the same generation. Twenty one. Yeah. Well, even 21 year olds, maybe probably grew up with Bill Nye in the science classrooms and just in general, love Bill Nye. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite Bill Nye quotes is, um, it was a genetics video and the opening scene is two Bill Nyes in blue jeans talking to each other. And one Bill Nye says to the other, I love your jeans. (laughs) And the other guy says, thanks. I got them from my parents. (laughs) And that has stuck with me ever since, ever since I watched it in Miss Miss Flint's science class in eighth grade. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. So I was really excited about this pilot because I love Bill Nye. How did you find it? What did you think? Ooh.
1: The first episode is about climate change. Yes. Well, so he starts off pretty much right away talking about how passionate he is about, you know, climate change. And I'm all about it too. I just think that you know people who should be hearing it might not be tuning in. What do you think?
0: I think that that's a good point. I'll tell you what. I was surprised. I was a little surprised by the setup of this show. Yes, I was expecting it. You know, a show that I really used to really love was Anthony Bourdain's No Reservations, mm. which was like a cookling a, cook, cookling, a cooking and traveling show, a cookling show, <laughs> a cookling, a cookling show. And uh, that was a great show. And then that ended. And then Anthony Bourdain like, got a contract with CNN and they started um, they started a show. What's it called? Parts Unknown. And it's literally just No Reservations. It's mm. the exact same show. Mm-hmm. It's basically a revamp of No Reservations. I was expecting Bill Nye Saves the World to basically be a revamp of Bill Nye the Science Guy. Mm. And it's not at all. It's basically a talk show.
1: Yes. And there's a live studio audience, which adds mm-hmm. an interest. I don't remember anything about original Bill. And as an energy. <laughs> yeah, it does and so it starts with a demonstration it was i think it was like the temperatures rising because it had to do with the sea levels rising yes it's getting warmer so it was it was kind of cute it might have been too cute was my unpopular opinion no 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 but, you don't, but, you don't you know,
0: qualify your opinion as popular <laughs> at all the beaker you never know.
1: yeah the beaker comes out and it's Ooh, and the next thing comes out, and it's ah, mm. and then he lights the fire, and everybody's like, "Ooh!" It starts clapping, and yes. I'm like, "Guys, calm down!" He lit a fire.
0: Yeah, very true. Save it, save it. In yeah. one of the later episodes, that's about DNA. He extracts strawberry of uh, DNA from a strawberry, mm-hmm. and that is something that I did in sixth grade science class. Mm-hmm. So it's a little, so yeah, I, I know what you mean. A Little gimmicky those presentations. Yeah, and I get that they're meant to reach the masses. But yeah, it's a little cheesy. I agree. Yeah, It's
1: also like, I'm coming with a very deep appreciation for science. So you yeah. don't have to, you don't have to, you know, dumb it down, let's say. It doesn't yes. have to be a grade school level. It can be, you know, at, at my 21-year-old level.
0: <laughs> Your 21-year-old level of understanding. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so Bill is on stage with his studio audience. He does a little demonstration about climate change. Then we get a segment, um, you know, like an off-field segment. Uh, how, do we, how do we feel about Carly Kloss being a correspondent? Hmm. Now, Carly Kloss, let me do a little quick IMDb here. Yes. Because she is an actress who's probably in like the Hunger Games or dating a One Direction or some shit like that. Oh, I was totally wrong. She's like not in anything else. How have I heard of her then? I've heard of her. I hate to say this, and this makes me a piece of shit human being, but she's probably friends with like the Hadid sisters and I'm I'm aware of their going, of, of their doings.
1: Yes. She's probably in a squad. <laughs>
0: having, I, I assume she's in a squad of some sort. She's having goals
1: <laughs> as part of a squad. Something about somewhere. goals. Ha- hash.
0: She's a hashtag girl. She's,
1: yes, right. She's a hashtag girl.
0: She's a hashtag girl. Um. So yeah, so Carly Kloss does a little segment.
1: It was about
0: Venice. Yes. Okay. Well, this, the first... Yes, it was about Venice.
1: Did she do two? Is she in the first one? So first, there's a situation where it was kind of commercial style where there's a guy and maybe he's at like a coffee shop and then all of a sudden this little panda animation appears bloop, and the coffee's gone. And then a girl shows up. Yes. And she says... Like, did you know the warming makes the beans die? Oh,
0: that's right. That's right. The Brazil.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. And the stuff and the water. Yeah. Acidic. Okay. So then we go to Venice where there's these, which was kind of interesting. They were talking about how the tides are rising Mm -hmm. and they're creating these, I don't know how to call them, like a.
0: Basically, there's just too much water, and soon it's going to go into people's houses. Yes, but they're soon cr- it's going to go in the streets.
1: They're creating a barrier. Yes,
0: they're creating like up. like big dams or something, basically. Yes.
1: Which I engineers, you can't you know, downplay the necessity of engineers. No, in... I don't
0: think anyone does. Good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, oh, engineers, that's a very smart profession to have. It just dawned on me right now.
0: And then we move on to, without a doubt, the most boring 10 minutes of my week, which was the panel. <laughs> Burp. Which, I, like I said, I watched a couple of these with a friend and uh, all of his panels were two men and one woman, I want to point out. Um, didn't appreciate that, Bill Nye.
1: No, and can we just say I was living for Taryn? I remembered her name, Taryn, because she seemed like you know the guys were all about science, great, fantastic, but she was about practical application. She was like, guys, let's bring this back to the real world. Like, what are we gonna do about it? People care about it, and I was like, yes, Taryn, yes. What are what am I gonna do about it? Because now I'm passionate. Even more so about climate change. Mm. What are we going to do about it? That's what this audience needs because we know. We're scared. What do we do about it? And Taryn brought us there, and I appreciated that.
0: (sighs) What a good way of putting it. Everyone, follow Taryn on Twitter or whatever social she's on. Find Taryn. Let's lift that girl up. What was her title again? I'm probably never going to find it. I'm going to try to Google Taryn Bill Nye Saves the World. So, Taryn O'Neill is part of this little organization called Skyrens, which stands for Screen Sirens for Science. So, I guess it's maybe kind of like the Sloan Foundation. The Sloan Foundation gives grants uh, to proje- to people and projects who want to further science and entertainment. Like, um, Proof was funded by the Sloan Foundation. Um, what other stuff? Stuff like that. So, it sounds like they're kind of like their own little mini Sloan Foundation. So, that's kind of cool. Great. Do I feel like I came away from the show knowing more about climate change? Yes. Was it deeply impactful in a way that's really going to change my world and change my worldview? No. I also feel like I wanted more of like that weird quirky fun that made Bill and I so lovable to kids at our age.
1: Yes. I want more science is fun. And he even said, you thought I was going to get my own show and not talk about climate change? Yeah. And I thought, you know, okay, but let's, Let's have some fun here too. But I would I would keep watching because I think that it has the potential.
0: Yeah, and you know, he's got later on he's got a lot of good guests. He's got like Steve Aoki and Alton Brown and other people
1: Zach that Braff aren't coming to end. mind.
0: Is Zach Braff on it too? So he
1: was at the end of this episode.
0: Oh oh that's right. So I would give this Uh, you know. 2.5, saying it's right down the middle average, feels too low. But 3 feels a little too high, so I'm going to give it 2.75 stars out of 5. Okay. How do you feel about that? I
1: think that I would give it, on the scale of would never watch it again, to, oh my gosh, I'm dying for the next episode, I think I would give it like a 2. Okay. I was a little underwhelmed. Yeah, but I was gonna, underwhelmed as well. I'm going to give it a shot... I'm going to watch the next episode.
0: Yeah. And I'm happy it's there's a there's a nostalgia for me about having Bill Nye back on my TV screen telling me about science. Yes. Yeah, so I
1: will give it a two with an asterisk, an
0: asterisk mm-hmm. saying could be subject to change. OK. Over right. time. I like it. I like it. So we also watched Girl Boss on Netflix, um, which is the half hour comedy, I guess. And I'm going to read the little IMDb description, the log line. Sophia, a misfit, discovers a passion for fashion, (laughs) becoming an unlikely businesswoman in the process. As her business grows, however, she has to learn to cope with life as her own boss. I thought this was cute. I thought it was cute. So we start off with Sophia. She's like this, you know, she's really hateable at first.
1: Oh, thank God you said that. Like
0: really, really hateable. Um, she's, uh, She's flighty. She, you can tell she's smart and full of um, moxie, mm. um, and gumption, uh, gumption, and she's she's sassy. She's cool. You know what I mean. She definitely has the vibe of coolness about her. Mm. The opening scene is her sitting on a bench with an old lady, and like the old lady is sassy to her, and she's sassy back, and it's just a little so, sass fest. Yes, because she's crying
1: about growing up, and and. And the lady, the old lady, slaps yeah, her. The old lady slaps and her, and that slap was everything. I was like, "Yes, lady, teach this girl a lesson."
0: Yeah, and even Sophia was into it.
1: Yeah, she she dug it. So I think that, like you said, hateable, but maybe deep down she knows that, you know, those qualities are just a front. She's just trying to be a strong, independent lady and figure out herself in San Francisco. I'm going to give her that benefit of the doubt.
0: Yeah, I mean, she kind of well, we'll we'll get into it a little later, but she does kind of um admit that and admit to that herself. Um but yeah, so she she wants to just kind of live life by the seat of her pants and so, like not grow up. And she gets in the first three scenes, she gets fired from her job. She uh is trying to figure out what to do with her life. She has like a best friend and she hooks up with this guy. She doesn't hook up with him. She just like makes, she, she, she makes out with him and thing they're in the bedroom and things seem to be moving in a very certain direction. And then she's like, okay, I'm done. Can I crash here? And it's weird because it's like, she's not like, it's not like she needs a place to crash. Like she's not homeless, but you can see her kind of being manipulative and, then she asks the guy to make ocean sounds because yeah. he doesn't have a sound machine. And um, you get the distinct impression that this is like kind of a selfish little scene you next Tuesday.
1: Yes, it was. It was a little much. I would kick her out. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> I did like that. She uh, she did stop the, you know, stuff that they were yeah. doing. And she, you know, said, OK, I'm done now. No pressure or anything. She was like, I'm done with this. And he was like, okay. So it was like on her team. I was like, great. Yeah, girl, you say what you want. But then when she said, you know, oh, you don't have a sound
0: machine? Can you make ocean, ocean noises so I can fall asleep?
1: I was like, oh, you're being a little
0: extra right It now. was very extra.
1: Too much.
0: Too much. What do we think about the literal, utter implausibility of a vintage store in San Francisco, nonetheless, selling a leather jacket for nine, for $12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It I, would be at least 125
1: Yes. I mean, that was her point. She said, know your worth. You know what was odd to me is then at one point she's walking down the road and she just takes a rug. What was that about? What was that about? Just takes a rug out of a bin and the guy is like, ma'am, can I help you take that? And she just keeps walking and he says, okay. And I, w- I thought that was just a-, a tad unrealistic.
0: I found that to be a bit of a gimmick. I mean, I if I had to guess, like I would say that when this pilot was being shopped around, when Netflix bought it, they you know said, this needs to be punched up. And whoever they gave it to for a punch up... Just decided to throw her, throwing a rug in there. Because now she's lugging around a rug. At one point, she brings it to a restaurant when she's having um, dinner with her dad. She sits on it in the park. She eventually sells the vintage jacket on eBay, and she uses that as a backdrop. And it never ends up being relevant. It just adds some color, and it gives her something to do. So I found that to be, I think that it was a writer's afterthought.
1: Hmm. Maybe. I yeah. mean, maybe the rug comes back into it and is a character of its own.
0: Maybe the whole show is about her the stealing way. the rug. Every moment can be traced back to the rug. Yeah, seriously. And like she's in court with like in handcuffs and she's like, if I could just go back to the day that I stole that rug, it would all be different.
1: I'm tearing up just thinking. About I know,
0: it. just thinking about it, right? Um, yeah. So I mean, I, we don't want to fully give it away, but you can kind of like ascertain what happens. It's also loosely based on the creation of Nasty Gal. Oh, yeah. So she basically she's gonna start selling clothes on eBay, and she's gonna maybe make that her dreams and her passion and her life. I thought it was cute. You know, I um, I'm not gonna say the writing was great because I don't think it was great. It was it was all right. It wasn't bad, but I don't think it was amazing. But I did like the little jokes in there, like I like the little jokes about like oh I need a when when her friend's boyfriend was making a, a drink he's a bartender he's like oh I need the nutmeg grater and there was like a thing about the nutmeg grater I, I liked it I thought it was cute I didn't love it I didn't think it was anything revolutionary or incredible um, the main actress her name is Britt Robertson she plays Sophia she's not really she it's weird she has a lot of credits on IMDb I I always call it IMDb <laughs> She has a lot of credits on IMDb, but really the only one that I recognize is Under the Dome. And ironically, or not ironically, coincidentally, not even coincidentally, whatever. She worked worked with Dean Norris, who plays her father, who was in Breaking Bad. They both worked together on Under the Dome.
1: Oh. Can we just talk about, (laughs) did the friend at one point say, you're hot, dad? Because then I saw him and I was confused.
0: Oh, you know what? She did say, you're hot, dad. And that is a little confusing. I think that they were trying to be funny and like they, that was just part of the pilot before they cast anybody. Um, but, and then they weren't going to like be, they weren't going to like offend Dean Norris by taking that line out. My God. Good for him. Good for him. He's now, he's now got that line as hot dad. He's going to be saying that like at barbecues. That's a big joke when he's two beers deep for the rest of his life. Yes. So like we were saying, Sophia was kind of like an asshole in the beginning. She kind of messes with this guy. We can tell she's very aloof and narcissistic and self-centered and kind of this classic, you know, what the stereotype of a millennial is. And we see her when she gets fired from her job at a shoe store and she's acting like a total effing brat before she gets fired.
1: I wrote that down. Yeah. And I
0: like was hating her so hard. Yes. And she walks out and she's on the phone with her friend and she cries a little bit and she says, why am I such an asshole? Mm. And I liked that moment of self-awareness. Yes. Although I felt like the awareness ended after that moment.
1: Yes. Yeah. I was on, her boss's name was Carol. Yes. So I was on team Carol I was, a little bit. I was
0: crazy on team Carol. She
1: ate Carol's sandwich. And it had
0: a C on it.
1: <laughs> it
0: stands for chicken? No, it stands for Carol. It was fun to see, have a little cameo from one RuPaul.
1: Oh, so RuPaul at the end, having blessed this by being a part of it. Yes. Kind of ups my starage a little bit. Half a star at
0: least. Right. Yeah. Just
1: by his presence, I'm saying, okay, I will I will hang in there. I will trust you. Yeah. Queen RuPaul. mm mm-hmm. um, Yeah. I... That moment of self-awareness maybe is important because maybe at her age, I was also an asshole. And maybe... So maybe we'll go in the direction that once she has her own company and one of her employees shows up 27 minutes late. That's definitely
0: going to come around. She is
1: able to see just how important life is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that realization maybe knocks up another half of a star. We started off pretty low, but through this conversation. Going a little bit.
0: <laughs> you know? Maybe I'm, I'm, but maybe I'm a girl boss apologist. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I really want to like it. Yeah, anything with girl and boss, I want to like. Yeah, so I will give it. I will give it another shot. Okay, I will see if her journey if progresses in a way that I like. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving it. I think I'll give it three stars. Okay, maybe. Maybe even three and a half, pushed over Ooh. the middle mark. Well, I guess two and a half. Something. Yeah. Let's say three stars okay. because of the potential and because of RuPaul's blessing.
0: Excellent. You know, normally this would be a 2.5 for me, but I'm going to knock it up to a 2.75 because of RuPaul. Like what you just described of her having to fire an, like or chastise or whatever an employee who was late- and acting like she was in this first episode, that is 100% gonna happen. I will chop off my own arm if that scene doesn't happen in this season. All right, well, I'm gonna to. To watch it.
1: You're welcome, Netflix, because I'm gonna watch it.
0: <laughs> we'll do, if, if I'm wrong, we'll do an Instagram video of me chopping off my arm. It'll be great. Um, that's morbid. Um, Blood everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Do it for the podcast. But I'm gonna do it for the fucking podcast. <laughs> We also watched The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu this week and I've been really excited for this. I read The Handmaid's Tale in high school and I loved it. Let me read the little logline from IMDb. Set in a dystopian future, a woman is forced to live as a concubine under a fundamentalist theocratic dictatorship. So basically what's happened is it's it's kind of set in modern day America and everything is the same, except the only thing that makes it a little bit alternate universe-y is that In the past, I think it's supposed to be like 10, 15 years, infertility has dramatically increased. Um, You know, women are hardly able to get pregnant anymore. And when they do, the babies are often, uh, you know, they die or they are severely disabled or whatever. And that supposedly has come from pollution and STDs. And this movement, this fundamentalist Christian movement took over the United States. They decided that they had a better way of living. And they're fundamentalist Christians. And part of their fundamentalist Christian regime is that everything is very ordered. Everything is organized by class and gender. Women are no longer allowed to read. They can't have money. They can't have jobs. Um, they and, can't have names. Well, some of them can't have names. Oh, And the ones who can't have names are the handmaids. So... Calling back to biblical times, you know, anyone who's read, hashtag read their Bible, which I haven't really, will know that there are instances in the Old Testament where women who were barren had their quote unquote handmaids, their servants, basically have relations with their husbands and have children for them, for the wives who were barren. So the handmaids are the same idea. So all the women who are fertile are enslaved by the state and they become handmaids. And what that means is they're assigned to a house. They're assigned to a family, a posting of, you know, a family where the wife can't have kids. So she, there's, it's very ritualized. There's like a whole ritual where the handmaids have sex with the, with the husbands and the wives are there and, you know, it's all to produce a baby and it's super, super disturbing. Yes. I mean, you, it's hard to even talk It's it's hard to you have to watch it to really understand how extremely brutal this regime is and the circumstances under which our main character Alfred, played by Elizabeth Moss, is living. Um, Now her name we find out at the end of the episode that she had another name and she tells us what that name was, but she says you know that her name is forbidden now. All the handmaids they're Um, name is a conjunction of of and the first name of whatever man whatever you know top government person whatever that they're serving so in Offred's case the guy's name is Fred so she's of Fred Offred so we're following her story and it's 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 tough Kate couldn't finish the episode I could not finish the episode Mm -hmm. I I will say
1: I mean they do such of the three that we watched this week, I think that this one for people who can get through it, I would suggest to watch this of any of them mm-hmm. because, you know, we you talked about how the it's like a very new complex complex but simple world that they're mm-hmm. living in, but they do a great job of I mean I kind of forgot the book. I had read it at one point, mm-hmm. and so I read a brief synopsis of it, but I think the show does a really great job of world-building, so
0: Definitely. very
1: quickly you get a sense of how drastic things have changed. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they've changed, but also very relevant. <sighs> it's scary. Scary relevant, and that's part of the reason why I couldn't get through it. It just felt, it felt like the... Maybe not this exact world, but the connections with some of, you know, the suppression of women Mm -hmm. and women's rights. And it felt like it cut a
0: little too close to the bone. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely feel that. And, you know, the first Hulu has an interesting model. Um, They they usually release shows weekly. In this case, they dropped the first three episodes and now they're going to be releasing the rest of the episodes weekly. I don't know if those episodes will be in sets of three. Though I doubt it, I think it'll be one episode at a time. And uh, I watched all three episodes, and in this other two episodes, it, I mean, it is just upsetting how how well they make what's happening to these people. Which it seems like such a far off dystopian world. There are some really extravagant flashbacks. That make it seem extremely relevant. You can hear my little dog, Leo, jingling in the background.
1: He's also having feelings about it. He is
0: shaken up about it. Yes. As you can hear. Leo, what do you think about The Handmaid's Tale? He's coming over to say that it was disturbing He's and timely. He's coming over to
1: give me a hug. He knows I need support. <laughs>
0: He's coming over to say it was disturbing and timely. Yes. Um, and to give Kate support. Yes. Um, the production quality was amazing.
1: Yes. I noticed right away from the just the cinematography yes videography yeah yeah was just very very well done because Mm -hmm. it instantly takes you into that place and you you know something about so girl boss I couldn't you know relate to the character right but even even though I'm in a completely different world as this handmaid I was this character and I was feeling what she was feeling and which made it so intense and so it was very difficult to almost be a part of that yeah. they brought you in. So the secondhand emotion. It. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. I enjoyed something going back to the production value and cinematography. I really enjoyed how it takes place in, um, I think it's supposed to be Massachusetts. It's supposed to be new England. I know that, you know, the shots are beautiful when the, when the handmaids are out walking around doing their shopping, which is basically the only thing they're allowed to do outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess there are a couple other things, but you know, not, they're not really allowed to enjoy stuff like that. You know, the shots are beautiful. There's It's set. It's definitely filmed in some kind of small town in New England. Absolutely beautiful. Uh Everything is pristine. Obviously well taken care of as it would be under, you know, like, you know, they say that when Hitler was in power, the streets were never more beautiful. You know what I mean? So it's that kind of thing. Um, But they do a really good job of visually and cinematographically mm, of... <laughs> Contrasting how really beautiful and serene and pleasant this world is that they've created on the outside with how actually unimaginably brutal it is. Yes. Which is something I enjoyed. Um, So yes, like I said, we're following Offred, played by Elizabeth Moss, who you may know from Mad Men. She played Peggy on Mad Men. She uh, was on a show that I really liked, a New Zealand show called Top of the Lake. So she's she's a great actress, and I thought she did a great job here. I really did. She... We see her in her flashbacks as just like a totally normal person, the kind of person that Kate and I are, kind of persons that we are, and you know, like a young person at parties. Uh, her best friend is a woman named Moira, played by Samira Wiley, who's play- who plays Poussey on Orange Is the New Black. Bless, love her. She's wonderful. She's such a great actress. Mm-hmm. I and you know I appreciated Girl Boss and Bill Nye for that matter. I mean, Bill Nye isn't a traditional scripted show, but also Bill Nye for that matter. Way too many white people. Mm -hmm. I have criticism about almost every show we've done on this pilot. Handmaid's Tale, like, it had a good amount of... It had a decent amount of black people, but not really any other race. Mm -hmm. So white people and black people, that's about it. But, um, yeah, so Samira Wiley uh, plays Moira. She's, her like, her best friend. She's gay. And it's very disturbing. We see flashbacks with her and Samira Wiley being friends, sharing a joint, talking about college essays, And then we see Offred, after she was captured, you know, she was trying to run away with her daughter. She was married to a man named Luke. She has, like, an eight-year-old daughter named Hannah. And they were trying to escape after this regime took over. Her husband died. They caught her. They took her daughter away. She's walking into, like, her first handmaid's class and sees Moira. And it is shocking. Yes. So she kind of makes her way... She kind of... She witnesses some disturbing stuff at, like, the Handmaid's School, basically. What is her name? Madeline something. I remember her name is Madeline because so that's my name. Oh. Oh, you know what it is? It's Madeline Brewster. Uh, Madeline Brewster, who is also on Orange is New Black, she plays Janine, who... Uh, she gets thrown into Handmaid's class with Alfred, and there is an aunt... And the aunts are these women in society, not A-N-T, A-U-N-T. I'm from the North and we say aunt. Uh, Aunt Lydia, she was great. I loved her character. Ants are the kind of ones who like teach and control the handmaids. So she mouths off to Aunt Lydia and what should happen, she gets her right eye plucked out. Yeah. And uh, it's really, really fucking disturbing.
1: It's not great.
0: Yeah. That was around the time you stopped watching, right? Yes.
1: Yes it was when it was later when oh she god it was is later further punished
0: oh my god because it's after she gets her eye plucked out right so this is a later flashback and she is talking about so this character this character Janine it's after she got her eye plucked out it, it looks like it's group therapy she's sitting in the center of a circle like kind of um talking about you know her issue if 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 we were talking of, if we were talking in terms of the Actually, I'm not going to make this joke. Never mind. Um, But she's sitting in the center of the circle talking about something that's obviously painful for her. And we, from context clues, gathered that it was a a gang rape, basically. And Aunt Lydia makes all the handmaids say, yell at her, that point at her and say, Your fault. Your fault. And... Oh, it's... That's when you stopped watching.
1: Yes. Also, I would say cautionary for any, like, people who are also struggling with those issues could be a bit triggering.
0: It's a major trigger warning, this show. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just
1: anybody, you know, who's, who's had problems with abuse of any kind, it could be a bit triggering. Definitely.
0: And um, so Alfred, you know, she goes through this program. She decides to keep her head down and just do what she has to do. We see her... um. She gets a new post with Commander Waterford, who's really high up. Um, and his wife, Serena Joy, just fucking hates Alfred. And so, of course, and, you know, it's so interesting because they really, they do a good job of contrasting how pained Serena Joy is by this situation. Not only could she not have kids, but her husband has to have sex with someone else and she has to be there while it happens. They do a good job of contrasting that with Alfred's pain. You know, she's a slave a sex slave. She is not thrown about the situation either. All of the handmaids have partners, which are people who live near them, hand, other handmaids that live near them that they do stuff with. Whatever they have to do outside of the home, wherever they have to go anywhere, they go with their partner. Offred's partner is Off Warren. Hey guys. So I made a little boo-boo when we were recording this segment. I refer to Alexis Bledel's character as Off Warren, but her character's name is Off Glenn. So, every time I refer to Off Warren, I really mean Off Glenn. Of Warren's a different character. So, apologies. So, uh, Of Warren, but they say Off Warren, who's played by Alexis Bledel, who I know and love as Rory Gilmore on Gilmore yes. Girls. And
1: totally different role for.
0: Utterly. I also want to make a quick note that I enjoyed. I mean, I don't think these women were wearing almost any makeup. Right. Yeah. Which I really liked. It was very stark. And harsh, and uh, you know they—they they, I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm sure they were wearing some makeup, but it didn't look like they were wearing really anything.
1: I noted the costumes were very interesting because, and I think that a large part of the society is to make the women feel isolated. Yes, and so the, they wear these giant white bonnets that cover their entire face mm-hmm. and go past their face, so that if you're just passing them on the street, you can't see them. They're just a a figure like a vessel for
0: children, Yes. and that's it, but and they all wear oh, sorry, go ahead,
1: despite that, I feel like from where I left off, you could still kind of see that even though they were trying they the society tries to isolate them, that they're they still find ways to make these subtle connections. they definitely do, and I think that's interesting, especially about women, and you know, even in women in competition, it's very. There's interactions between women are very nuanced and, you know, interesting. It was interesting to watch.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. The winged bonnets were such a great physical manifestation of the way that handmaids are viewed in society. You know, you can't see their face unless you're looking at them straight on. Mm -hmm. And uh, I liked how they had them all in the exact same uniform to kind of strip them of any individuality. And uh, so, of Warren, they talk more and they end up getting more vulnerable with each other, of Warren and um, Ofred. And Ofred, you know, always thought that Of Warren was so pious and perfect and thought she was annoying that way. And so, she finds out that Of Warren is actually part of like a resistance against the regime. And, you know, you, you get the sense that that's where the story's going and that's where it's taking off. Something that I really enjoy about it is that it's definitely a feminist piece. It's about women's rights and it's yes. about the role of women in society and, and, and things that could very well happen. And the, not just the marginalization of women, but the marginalization of gay people are forbidden in this society. So it's definitely about women and marginalized groups. But, you know, Alfred saying in her monologues, I intend to survive. It makes it so human. It makes it so relatable. This kind of show, I know a show is fucking great when a show reminds me of why I love TV and movies and art and entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so I really fucking love this show.
1: You know, even though I couldn't get through it because of its intensity, Mm -hmm. I did like that it made me feel things. Yes. And... I, I couldn't, I probably won't keep watching it, but I definitely took something away from it.
0: I'm glad to hear that. So I'm going to give this show, what do you give it? You can totally factor in the fact that you couldn't watch it. You know what I mean?
1: I'm going to give it four stars. Yeah. But asterisk, I'm a very empathetic person. Mm -hmm. So I have a hard time watching scary movies or things that are very intense because, and especially with this, you're so easily put into the place of other people if that's something like me that mm. you have a hard time with maybe go into it with caution but i definitely encourage everybody to check it out because it's it's an important narrative for our time
0: i'm going to give it five stars honestly
1: wow this is the
0: first pilot that i've ever given five stars i'm going to say that it's it, definitely within my top 10 favorite pilots i've ever seen wow. i loved it i mean but i also i love dystopian future shit all right i'll be on fire I'm for done. it <laughs> she's done she's done <laughs> And with, right. that- and with that, so I want to tell you that you can find Pilot Riot Podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Pilot Riot Pod. If you feel so inclined, you can email us at pilotriotpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. And if you have a spare two and a half minutes, please rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. It helps a lot. Please, if you if you write a review and send me an email, I will send you a personalized thank you card, which is going to be incentive for exactly zero people to do that. She'll
1: chop off her other arm. <laughs> Five stars, <girl.
0: coughs> chop off my arm, and we'll make another. We'll make another Instagram video of you chopping off my other arm. Oh, it's all for the podcast, you guys. I'm really dedicated to the podcast. It'll be on YouTube. exactly. All right, thank you Kate, for coming. It was a love. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it so much. All right, good night.